What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Today on What Got You There Sean talks with Taryn Butler Taryn is an American sports shooter and world champion born in California Growing up, Taryn was encouraged by his mother to learn shooting and began his shooting career in 1994. After winning a bowling pin match at a local indoor range in the Los Angeles Valley where his love for the sport began. He went on to become the first Glock Grand Master Shooter in the history of the sport and has won many other competitions and titles in his career. In 2011, Butler appeared as a trainer in the second and third season of History Channel's Marksman competition show, Top Shot. Butler is one of the handful of shooters that appears on Shooting USA's Impossible Shots. Butler has also served as a technical advisor on films like Michael Mann's Public Enemies. Butler currently runs Terran Tactical Innovations. He occasionally shoots with wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin, film director James Cameron, and actors Johnny Depp and Keanu Reeves. Buckle your seatbelts because Taryn doesn't hold anything back in this episode. He tells about the crazy competitions he's won, friends he's made along the way, and what it's like working with A-listers in Hollywood. Taryn does use a ton of profanity, so if you have kids in the car, you may want to cover their ears. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm a huge fan of Audible and definitely recommend checking it out. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted the cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all wanna look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to DSTLD.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Taryn, thanks for joining us on What Got You There? How you making out today? Uh, good. Just, uh, doing some classes today. Uh, some stunt people from 8711, uh, three of their girls are really good. Did a fun video with them, but yeah, just, uh, just kind of set the day aside to do your, your radio show. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. So you mentioned some of the things you're doing. How do you usually start your day? Any routines or do you just jump right into it? Um, there's so many things constantly happening. I've, I've kind of taken on a lot in my life to do certain things. So, I'm juggling a lot of different things. You know, obviously I've been a competitive shooter for over 20 years and that got me to where I am. And then I started a gun company and that's, you know, what I do. It's like the main bread and butter. And I helped start a couple other companies and I just saw my ideas that they're pretty popular and people like, like the kind of guns I build for myself to win tactical competitions and three gun matches and all that stuff. So 
started Tarrant Tactical Innovations in 2011, and and then uh, the Hollywood stuff has blown up big time. That's kind of taken over a lot. So just a lot of different things that I do. They're all really fun, you know. I just it's it's it just kind of become you know extremely busy, but busy in a good way. Yeah, no, watching all of your YouTube stuff, what you guys have going on on social media is just, it's a blast to watch some of the videos you're doing right now. So we'll definitely make sure to get all that linked up. But for the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, what would you say you are better at than anyone else in the world? Um, Flat out would be instinctive shooting, hip shooting. Um, That I can just take on anybody on the planet. Um, There's just, it's just this thing I do. I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm a, a... pretty raging three gun shooter three gun is people don't know what that is it's a uh, picture you're playing a video game call of duty modern warfare whatever it's that i'm wiping out bad guys as fast as i can with all kinds of different weapons pistols rifles shotguns anywhere from point blank range to 600 yards in that ballpark usually you have a uh, a custom handgun a a custom glock like a combat master we make or a custom 2011 you know 1911, high capacity is what you want. You don't want an eight shot 45. You want a 23 or 24 round nine millimeter. Um, as far as the rifle, you, you know, you want a lightweight, fast, accurate, custom AR 15. That's, this is what I build is what I do. I, I make the best guns in the world for the best shooters that walk the earth. Then you want a custom shotgun. Usually it's a Benelli M2 customized. We're very lucky. The best shooters in the world all use our stuff. I use it, and it wins every match. There's not a match that goes down that our Benelli probably doesn't win the, the overall title in the top five positions. Uh, so that's what three again is. It's, it's just shooting bad guys as fast as you can without missing. You know, a missile hurts you. It could be up to three to five seconds for a penalty. It could be 15 seconds if you completely miss a target or more. So you got to be accurate and fast as you can possibly go. So it's it's not easy, you know, it's, it's a fine line. Uh, I'm very blessed to have property where I could have trained and came up quick and got a grandmaster card in a year. Only one of the guy ever did that simultaneously. My, one of my best friends, Travis DeMossi did that. So we got a grandmaster is like the highest level you can achieve with a pistol. And I think I have seven grandmaster certifications, six or seven between different categories of, of, uh, guns. And, uh, and then, you know, over the years, I started training James Cameron way back in 97 when Titanic came out. That was like a big kind of like moment in my life. I was just this raging Grandmaster shooter pistol freak, shredding matches and winning stuff with a pistol. And then this bodybuilder friend of mine, John Richling, he's this like famous bodybuilder from the Arnold Schwarzenegger era and Ferrigno era. He's like, hey, I want to bring James Cameron out to shoot at your range. I'm like... Yeah, right. Like my favorite favorite director that ever walked the earth didn't come shooting. Yeah, I've been promised like all kind of goofy celebrities and they never come out. So the day finally comes and I'm freaking out. So I set up a million water bottles and jugs on the hill and all this junk. I lay out all these assault rifles, all those cool augs and HKs and all the fun, glorious stuff of the 80s and 90s and and um, ARs. And he rolls up in a in a couple of Hummers and jumps out. He's got uh, William Abernathy with him. He's the guy in Titanic that's got the smiley face on his chest is talking about the bearded guy, like, this is how the ship broke. It came apart here and it pulled down the second half. <laughs> so that guy's a friend of his, uh, helps him, you know, think of ideas for movies, stuff like that. Really good friend. He wrote Deep Star Six. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm loving this. Uh, they're all lined up. These couple, and then there's, uh, there's Jim Cameron's, uh, at the time, his attorney, this guy, Jim Schmidt. 
And um, so they're there, and they're all looking at all the mach- all the crazy weapons. And I and Cameron doesn't care about all the assault rifles. He just takes me aside and goes, "I understand you're some kind of a hot shot handgun shooter." He didn't say it like that, but uh, I go, "Yeah, I'm good." He's like, "Let's see what you're talking about." So he's got a really brutal Weaver stance and total '80s thing going on. Like, oh God, I'm trying to fix this grip and make it better. And and suddenly he goes, "Stop!" I'm like, "Oh my God, James Cameron's upset with me." He's like, before I change all this crap around, I got to see if you can even shoot. Because the guy's a genius and he's smart. Why would I? Why would he let me fix all that? And it's not right. And he wasted his time, right? So I'm like on the spot. A lot of pressure. I'm like, oh, I'm in a match all of a sudden. It's like if I screw this up, I look like an idiot in front of the greatest director that's ever walked the earth. In my mind, I love his movies. I was a super fan then. I'm still a big fan. So anyway, um, I had all these targets lined up, and literally Jesus Christ came down. Woo! <laughs> I just drew and just like. <laughs> reholster like in a western you know, you know like robocop and and uh he's like oh everybody's like holy shit holy shit go and doing like you know what's his face and they all look like, you see that shit did you see that it's like chris farley was going crazy and i couldn't believe how good i shot i'm like i just just went nuts he laid down 10 grand that was big money at the time and he's like i want lessons every thursday I'm like holy crap and Every Thursday he was here, just me and him. That was it. And after a long time, several years, I'm like, I got into three-gun competition, which helped me become a better trainer than just teaching the handgun. That's, you know, I had to expand my shooting abilities to expand training this guy because he he wanted to be the best. He became the best, you know, I guess celebrity or Hollywood mogul shooter out there. You know, now obviously, you know, Keanu Reeves is a fiend and, and Jim came out recently. It's a 20-year reunion. He came back out here a few months ago, and he picked up his skills quick, and he was killing it. You know, I didn't post any videos or whatever because I didn't ask him, but he still, you know, you don't totally lose it, you know, certain skills, you know. So, but anyway, I'm running along at the tooth here, but, you know, that, that was kind of the beginning of my little Hollywood thing. No, I, I love these stories, and yeah, I can't wait to hear more about some of the people you worked with, but how'd you first get into uh, competitive shooting? Um... God, it was kind of lame. Like, for years, my brother followed it. I was like, whatever. And we got guns as kids and stuff like that. And and my brother followed the sport, went to the Steel Challenge back in the 80s and watched it, didn't do anything. And then finally it really happened when uh, – it happened for a moment. It's like there's a couple previews and prequels to when I really became a great shooter. But uh, in 91, I was at a local gun store called Hilldale, and this guy came in named Lance Carafellas. He was like a, a master class shooter at the time. He had – just won the Southwest Pistol League Cup. That's a cup that's kind of prestigious because it's when it, that cup is the first competition that started all competition back in 63. So you get on that cup, that's kind of a big deal because legends are on that cup. Um, you know, like, oh, these names don't matter to anybody that doesn't know it, but uh, Mike Dalton and Mickey Fowler and uh, all these guys. So I'm like, oh my God, you're on that cup. And he's like, we're talking. Yeah, I'm like a mile away. I have a, I have property. He didn't have a house or nothing on there at the time. And he's like, really? I come shooting? So I took him shooting. And he shot, you know, did stuff. He didn't really, really want to teach me too much because I think he knew that I had, like, crazy ability. And he didn't really, like, want to, like, invent his worst <laughs> nightmare. I'm just saying that now because I can. I still know the guy. He comes by here and buys shit and stuff like that. Anyway, so this is ridiculous for the radio show. You're a dick. But in all honesty, he was kind of a dick because... I traded in this bitch in Benelli and this AR for this completely trashed out 45 he dumped on me. 
And uh, I tried the sport, and I was just basically everybody's, everybody's garbage disposal. Got that shitty gun. Went to this guy down the street to load ammo. They loaded 45 ammo, nuclear-powered. Literally, it was a 155-grain bullet, which is light for a 45. It should be like a 200, 230. Going 1,550 feet per second at the chronograph at the Southwest Pistol League. So I go up to chrono. <laughs> oh, I'd shoot three through the chronograph. Back then, they're really official. Matches were like a real match, like a Nationals. And I go to shoot, and... <laughs> Giant fireball comes out. I'm like, holy shit, go! I turn to Chris Farley again. And then they're like, dude, you're like a 300 power factor. You only got to do is like a 185. I'm like, dude, and a 175. And then I go shoot a pepper popper and I hit it. And it's just like, giant starburst blast. The ground lights up like a napalm strike. I'm like, dude, what is this stupid ammo? Your dumb old man friend had me loads. I don't worry about it. So I was shooting the gun. It's so violent, the gun seized open from the recoil to the slide of the frame. Just jammed the gun. I'm like, oh, my God. So I made a futile attempt at competition in, like, 91. I'm like, this is a joke. I can't, I can't even get through two rounds without jams. I spent thousands on all these guns. I had Bruce Gray build this gun. A couple centuries later, it shows up, and it's completely iPhone 1. We're all running iPhone 7. I'm like, oh, God. This is ridiculous. So, uh, so I give up. I, after about a year of just shuffle bunting around, didn't even get classified, getting turned into a human garbage disposal, I gave up. Then a little time goes by. In 2004, um, these guys come by. I met them at a gun store. They had some cool STI uh, 5.1 Eagle pistols. They're like a, basically like, they're like little Ferraris. And uh, I'm like, dude, those are bitching. I took them to my range to shoot, and they saw me shoot a Glock. Like, dude, you're freaking pretty damn good. Let's go shoot the indoor match. So... We went to the stupid Northridge indoor bowling pin Tuesday night match, whatever, and I just shredded the place. Just total destruction with a Glock 45 on bowling pins and crap, and everybody's like, oh, my God, who are you? <laughs> anyway, um, so I meet this guy. He kind of changed my life. Uh, he's still around. He's a great guy. He's Bruce Barber. You ever seen First Blood Part 1? The scene where he jumps on the truck. He's like, yo, what are you going to book? And I'm 60. Yeah, get out of the truck, dude. He throws the guy to the truck, and he lands on the dirt. He actually broke his back in the stun. He missed the pad by like 50 yards. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, he tells me like, kid, you're unreal. Try out my Glock 24C. So I have a Glock 24, the 30 round mag, and 40 cal, just like <laughs> shredding all these bowling pins. Like, you might be a rock star here, but this is a small pond, boy. You got to go to the Southwest Pistol League, and then on all the big matches. I'm like, really? So I go to Swipple where I tried before with Lance and I was, you know, a human garbage disposable and nuclear firing 45. And I show up there with a Glock 21 with these stupid 13 round, no, these plus two like cheerer, totally lame base pad, plus two things that break off when you drop them. So I got 15 plus one against guys that got 19 round STIs. And I have to actually, in every stage of 16 rounds, 16 rounds, so I'm like, round count was off by one. So I'd do these dumb stages where I'd shoot 16 to slide lock, load with a mag with one round, and load again. I was like, oh, my God, how stupid. <laughs> so when the dust settled, I was seventh out of 118 guys. I'm like, holy shit. With this clunking, dumb 45 Glock bone stock turd with gonzo crap on it, no trigger job. And these guys got custom guns. I'm going to catch these guys and wipe them out. So... Eventually that happened. I have over 30 uh, national, uh, sorry, over 30 titles at Southwest Pistol League since then because they got two cups and I ended up next year winning the thing in the open division or limited then open and just devastated that place in the ground. So I've still got the cups today. This is back in the, ni in the 90s. So 
I would have thought a lot of guys would come come along a long time ago and take me out, you know. But I'm like this Game of Thrones old curmudgeon, crazy old king on the throne with a sword still hacking little nerds that can't fight and cutting gray worm and rolling them down the hill. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so do you think this is natural talent or do you hone this skill? It seems like you're just an absolute phenom at this. Well, at, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I had kind of all the things hit at once. I have the property to train on. Very lucky. I was young enough to get started, you know, at a, at a good age. Some guys start, some kids start really young and they kind of burn out. So, you know, early 20s, that was a good time to start. Um, and uh, just, you know, it just, it's just something I, I, I really gravitated later to three gun. My friend, uh, Kurt Hyatt, you know, I was shooting pistol for a while. It was fun. I liked it, but friend of mine took me to a three-gun match, and then I won the first one I ever shot, but I was awful on shotgun. Yeah, can you tell that story? I think that one's hilarious. Huh? Can you tell your first three-gun competition story? Oh, you want me to tell that story? Yeah, this one's great. Okay, this will probably be a two-hour show. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, he's like, you got to do three-gun. I'm like, I don't know. It's a bunch of old pig farmers with wheelbarrows running around and beards and shovels and a freaking Mossberg thrown in there with a level. I'm like, no, you're being a dick. It's cool. It's fucking cool. I'm like, all right, whatever. So what do I got to do with shotgun? I'm, I'm in the AR. I got some stupid Colt. You know, back then, there was, everything was pretty dated. But I had, uh, this is like early 90s. Uh, no, like late ni- mid mid 90s, sorry. Like 97 or so. And um, I've got like a stupid Bushmaster, basically an M4 type dorky gun. And this gunsmith, Fred, did a trigger job on it for me. He was the man who now is the primary gunsmith at Terran Tactical Innovations over like 22 years later, which is crazy. So I had to bring the guy into my company that basically made my career. So <laughs> long story short, I go to a stupid M4, and they're like, hey, what about the shotgun? What do I do? Well, you could borrow my Benelli. I got a mercury reducer recoil system in the stock. I'm like, well, really? What, what? And I just sold my Benelli M1 off like an idiot, some stupid kid. I just sold it. So I go to the match. And um, I go to shoot shotgun. It's a single-shot shotgun. The Mercury thing, I don't care who makes those things. The company is a joke. They, they, don't, they make the gun not work. It shoots so soft, you know, it doesn't fire, and it's a single shot. So I shoot the stage. The bolt-action shotgun is the do- biggest disaster ever. Like, oh, my God. And I'd been winning everything. So to, to just suck in a match on the first stage, I'm like, this is horrible. Then I borrow this guy's, you know, give me a Remington. Yeah, yeah, Remington. Gas, bad gas gun's better than this nursery nonsense. I didn't know. So I'm like, what ammo do I use? Oh, why don't you shoot this stuff? Super high base, mega number six, birdshot. I'm like, really? This guy had a table set. I'm like, I don't know, even know what DRAM is or seven. I don't know anything. Yeah, this will make sure the plates go down. I'm like, that sounds weird. <laughs> I go to shoot. <laughs> Literally, the whole stands are flying back in slow motion like those guys in, in Commando that are flying by the freaking hedges when he's shooting with the M60. <laughs> I'm like, what the, my feelings are flying out of my mouth. It's a nuclear shotgun, and it jams on top of it. Total piece of shit. And it's got this lame whole thing hanging underneath the lifter. It's, it's like another lifter on top of a lifter. It's just the worst. So I'm like second over, second from the bottom on that stage, and third from the bottom of the other. Some kid I knew beat me, a little child. I'm like, oh, my God. This is, I'm like, why'd you talk me to this three-gun filth? You're a dick, Kirk. So the match isn't over yet. There's still like uh, several, you know, I got to do all the pistol stuff now and all the rifle stuff. So I go to the rifle stuff and, you know, guys have better guns than I got. I got some stupid M, you know, A2 Bushmaster with iron sights. It's all iron sight division, no choice, but it's like a short sight radius, really dumb. 
So they're like, okay, sure, all this show, let's go prone here and kneel for those. I'm like, kneel? That's like, so how, is there a target I don't see? What's the farthest target? 75 yards. I'm like, what would I kneel to shoot the thing offhand? Are you kidding? No, you don't know freaking. <laughs> so we go to shoot. I figure the match is over because I just tanked the shotgun. Like, just the results came up too fast. Like, oh, I'm looking at that nightmare. So the stage has these, these two nose shoots that go a million miles an hour in front of this door you open. There's really no way to shoot around. You can't time it. Just two nose shoots like a propeller. And then out in the field are the, are the steel. I'm like, you know what? Well, I don't give a crap. I just open the door and just start shooting. Blah, 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 hit the steel and go. I got both nose shoots in the brain. There's a shit ton of penalties there. <laughs> then I shoot the whole thing. Like the best time before that was 35 seconds by Bill Parmalee. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Kirk Hyatt did it in 25. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I shot the thing in 14. <laughs> I did all the offhand stuff in the back. I didn't kneel and go prone for some 75-yard crap. So I'm like, it doesn't really go. You would have done great if you didn't kill all them hostages. I go, I don't care. The next stage, I go bonkers, ape shit, fast as crap. Beat everybody for like 20 seconds, but it's just crappy points. Run down some gully, shoot a bunch of crap. Then I go to the pistol. I'm like, you know, I don't care anymore. I'm so done. I'm so ruined. I'm going to go freaking ape shit. Just just like the Hulk going nuts. I go, That's some, this is my thing, pistol. I've never done this with a crap before, rifles and weird shit. So I go nuts. Just shred this thing, full auto ape shit. Both stages, all stages. I get done, go to the results. These guys that hated me at the time, there was this bearded, weird, redneck guy didn't like me. Long story. He's staring at the results. He's like, I understand how the hell the hell this happened. How that boy, he ain't no three gunner. He won the match. <laughs> God damn it. That long hair, hippie, heavy metal motherfucker. I had long hair back then. I was like, love the Motley Crew and shit. <laughs> and I won. And I'm like, holy shit, I won. How the fuck? Freaking hell did I win? Then I realized I got to figure out what to do next. I won that match. Now, my shotgun was a joke. So I went and found that bonehead I sold the Benelli to. Me. Give me that Benelli back. Here's your stupid money back. Give me, well, well, I'm good. You're not going to do nothing with it. I want to make a career with this thing, you dick. Give me that gun. <laughs> so I give my Benelli back. And then everybody back then had shotgun caddies that held six rounds. And uh, I told this boring story before, but like, uh, was gun back then you had limits. Nowadays, you can have a Benelli with a 75 foot tube and start with eight plus one and load 10,000 rounds. And it's impractical. I mean, I have to run it to a 12 round tube and anybody that's watching our sport would think the rifles are pretty state of the art. That's as badass as it gets. Handguns are totally raging. When they look at us with the shotgun, everything from the front side back looks great. They got a mag tube that's long enough to like clean your pool with, you know, it's just stupid. <laughs> So, but back then it was an eight round tube. It was kind of cool. The gun had a tactical look to it. It made sense. The whole package looked like real shit. So I'm like, look, it holds eight plus eight. I mean, the four plus four is what I'm going to load. Why well, do I want a caddy that holds six rounds? So I spent hours like a fiend, you know, I didn't have a dumb company and nothing to think about. No stupid actors. I just <laughs> cut these things down for a whole week, made four shot caddies, showed up in a match. And I watched videos of my competitors, the guy like Ted Conway and John Cook. They were the, the, the legends at the time. You know, and I asked them, like, what's your strategy on shooting a shotgun stage? Hell, I just, I just run the gun and shoot like crazy. I'd load a bunch of rounds over here and there. I'd shoot shit and blast shit. Like, but this is like an 18-round stage. Why don't you load, like, 10 rounds? And, you know, you got, you know, got one to spare or load, you know, whatever, nine. He's like, no, no, load that. And I'm watching videos, and they'll shoot, and they'll be, like, dumping out four or five extra rounds at the end, or they'll run empty on a shot. 
So I'm like, you know what? They're going like shooting a bat out of hell. And I'm going to, I'm going to just shoot slower, hit every single plate and load exactly what I need. And literally the next match I was tying their time. I was like, first, the first match locally, I went from like 30 seconds behind them to like five seconds behind the next match equal, the next match, 10 seconds ahead, the next match, 10 seconds. Then they retired. So it was really annoying. I wanted to come back. They didn't make a comeback to my friends, but long story short, um, <laughs> I, I cut those caddies and, and they walk going, what the hell's wrong with you, boy? I'm like, what? What the hell? You cut them down to four rounds. You idiot losing two rounds of caddy. I, go, I want to grab out exactly four, not grab into a pile and hopefully grab four versus five and three. Just stuff them in a hole. I'm like, no. It's just, next thing I know, this company called California Competition Works, whatever, just comes out with these things. They were shitty compared to my handmade ones, but there was, it started the whole four shot caddy thing. Stupid. So anyway, then it just goes on from there. Go to the nationals and just, you know, everything went well. First ever three gun national tactical champion and first ever triple crown three gun champion by winning open limited and, uh, tap optics division and had an 11 year winning streak of superstition. That was pretty cool. Um, so just, you know, a lot, a lot of fun stuff, Fort Benning, I went open division shooting tactical equipment. That's like, I got with a bicycle beating guys on motorcycles. So that was, you know, that was in 2007. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I had a crazy long winning streak. Um, at this point right now, there's phenomenal shooters out there. Daniel Horner is just unbelievably great. You got Mick, like who's inspiring because he's older than me and he just keeps going strong and winning. So anytime I think, ah, I'm going to just quit and focus on the actors and then the, and the stuff here i realized shit he's like eight ten years old than i am and he's still just unbelievable freak so then i can be too so shut up so <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of like what's i don't know just some of my stories i don't, don't want to talk too much no it's great what, what do you think you'd be doing if you never got into shooting well way back a million years ago um you know a hundred pounds ago I was a pretty good-looking kid, um, and I really either be an actor. I wanted to either try to try to be in Hollywood or whatever, and didn't really pursue it for real. But it was like always in the background. I always wanted to be involved in films. I love movies. Big passion of mine, obviously, the guns are movies, music, but mostly movies is like my biggest. I just a movie. I'm a movie grandmaster. I know the old stuff, and I don't mean like old. You mean like uh, Pearl Harbor? And I mean old, like back in the '30s and shit. I know good movies. I know what's good, what isn't good. And I always loved Hollywood. I loved the whole thing, but I chose competition because it's real. Like the stories I've had in championship wins and losses, that's really happening. That's real. It's not something we wrote and we get 10,000 takes to get it right. And, uh, you know, and the funny part is my trigger finger led me to Hollywood anyway, which is weird. And I'm really in a, a really good place now where I really enjoy, like I am packed i got some awesome people coming here every week every other day and they're just good people and becoming friends with them too uh all of them we were just texting hey you're a dick or send some funny video just you know it's just it's just been great and uh it's opened up a lot of doors it's allowed me to get my guns placed in films which has been really exciting to go there with all my employees and watch john wick chapter two and the whole scene where he covers all the guns of my entire company. It's literally, it's a two-hour movie commercial for my company, starring Keanu Reeves and Common. I'm like, how does this even happen? I don't even know. And it's because the director, the director's a wonderful guy, Chad Stahelski and J.J. Perry and 
all this kind of happened. This is, here's, a, here's a long, really weird story, and it might mean something, but flash way back in time to when my shooting career started on that second part where I had guns that worked. I uh, had that Glock 45, went to a Glock 40, and I met this guy, uh, Smoking Hole Pistol Design, in, two, in 1995. They had a big old match. In California, we had big matches once where everything got wrecked with all the laws, but Rob Latham is there, and all these led Todd Jarrett, all these legends are there, and big old tent set up, all the good old days, and I meet this crazy kid who's got these insane-looking, gorgeous 2011-1911 guns, and we hit it off. He's funny, we're the same age, and crazy personality, and, and he's in the cover of Gun Games magazine as Rob Latham as a Superman shirt, pulling it open, and inside is the whole cover page on Smoking Hole. The name I, always drove me crazy, but it works somehow. So I'm like, where's your company? He's like, right in the scene. I'm like, dude, I'm in see me. So we immediately become friends, and he's going to build me this custom gun, and I buy all the parts, and I have this real number mean machine from, like, you know, the longest yard on one gun, and the other one is, like, T-1000, and, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Like, if I would have just got these race guns built immediately, I would just have been another race gun bozo. But instead, because he kept putting me on the back burner and not getting them done and doing customer stuff, I ended up getting a Grandmaster card with a Glock, which nobody had ever done that before. There was one guy a long time ago claimed he did, but he did it with a, with a pair of ordnance also. Uh, but whatever about that bozo, he's gone. So anyway, <laughs> I pulled that off, so I'm really glad I could be the first ever Grandmaster with a Glock. There's a shit ton now, like Robert Bogle, unbelievable with a Glock. Uh, Dave Savigny, when he shot for Glocks, freaking devastating as shit. They're like the two T-1000s. Anyway, so... Um, uh, so anyway, so I'm, sh- I'm shooting for this company, and uh, he had a team. He had like Mike Setting and Ross Dean, another guy named Josh Noblin, a young guy, crazy talent, and me. And then my oh, a guy named Robert Houck. He was like a cop. He was the guy that was like, the Swipple champion at the time. So uh, long story short, we have a huge falling out over a bunch of bullshit, and these guys went on a rampage just talking trash brutally for a long time, like a year. And ends up, I ended up winning all these football championships when I uh, came back and ended up uh, becoming friends with all them. Now you take the guy, Mike Setting, who was my total nemesis back then, hated me, wanted me gone, didn't want to deal with me, ended up taking his cup away for Southwest Pistol League, all that crap. He's the guy, 20 years later, brought Keanu Reeves to my life which completely helped my company and completely helped my career. So you think in life sometimes that someone is your enemy, someone is just not saying to give bad people a second chance. He wasn't a bad guy. We all got caught up in this whole who wants to be the star of this team. It was a lot of stupid shit. We're all like little girls. We're all idiots. And, you know, it was when shooting was really getting a lot of sponsors and a lot of stuff was coming our way. And it was a crazy time, but I look back at it. I'm, I'm friends with all those guys now. All of them. I mean, we were total enemies. They were going to gun conventions and trashing me left and right and all this crazy stuff. It's old drama that nobody knows about. I shouldn't even bring it up. Who cares? But we're all friends now. And it just shows you sometimes time heals things. And you never know what God plans for your life. And if I would have been like, Mike Setting, you talk trash about me 20 years ago. I'll never talk to you again. And then I wouldn't have had all these things happen. You know, he wouldn't have sent J.J. Perry over here from 8711. And it wouldn't have just completely opened up the door for all this Hollywood lunacy, which is a big part of the Keanu Reeves thing. Because that video coming out 
being what it was. That's the first time anyone's ever seen an actor do that. Like you've seen training videos, and there's some actor, you know, boom, bang, oh, you're shooting at a bullseye target, boom, indoor range, buck, buck. It's just nobody cares. But when someone that's not a shooter sees an actor raging through a stage like something out of, out of freaking Medal of Honor Warfighter or some crazy thing, um, it's unbelievable, especially a guy who's in his early 50s and a legendary actor. It's mind-blowing. And I didn't know that would happen. Um, they were training here for, you know, almost a year and talked to the director. And I was like, got this little video I edited together on my little iPhone 5. And, <laughs> and I go, can I post this? Like, yeah, why not? It's not a big deal. And we posted that thing. So if you combine all the different medias that it's on between our seven and a half million on our Facebook and eight million on on then another guy's got it for five million, another three million over there, another two point five million. It's at like twenty five million views and he's even and Keanu's even talked about it on Extra and Entertainment Tonight and things like that and they did a whole T M Z thing on it. It blew up massively, and all the comments, 99% of the comments are positive. And even Lionsgate, at one point, they're like, you know, you might get a call from Lionsgate. This thing is blowing up like crazy. It's getting out of control. And uh, I was a little bit nervous. Like, oh, shit. You know, because we would, I mean, we posted videos. I never sat there watching a video at night, you know, you know, 500,000 views, 800,000 views, 1 million. Like, we had a million. 1.3, let's get to two. <laughs> then over a couple of days, we're at six. We're at seven. You know, then we're, we weren't paying attention. It was getting stolen, so we lost a lot of views. But it is what it is. You know, praise the Lord. And, and um, you know, it was just a, it was a big moment again in my life where something special happened. And I have a good friendship with Keanu. He's just as good a person as he You know, to be at that level financially and star-wise and to be that generous and that nice, and accommodate everyone around you. The guy's got a huge heart. Like he'll he'll sweep the brass. He'll paint the target. I'm like, get out of there! You can't paint the target. You're you're John Wick. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's, it's my it's my zen. I like to I like to sweep. I like to do my thing. I'm like, all right, all right. And um, you know, just just a good. And a lot of these guys, like recently, I've become friends and been training uh, Shamar Moore. And yeah, I was just watching um, some of his stuff. Uh, I think he's been posting a bunch the past few days. It's been fun watching him. It's like crazy. Like he tags my company, edits the videos of this guy, JD, and then just super accommodating as hell. And he's, he's brand new. He's only three or four lessons. You know, he's not shredding like a maniac with some of the guns yet. He's killing it with the pistol. MPX is damn good. Uh, first time he ever shot the shotgun was on a video. So if anybody gives him crap, a little slow in the shotgun, he's got to get a little time behind it. But it's only a couple lessons, and the guy is doing great. And just... And so we have. A, I had a block party last Saturday. My neighborhood did it in a little cul-de-sac of my other house. And I go, hey, you want to go? I asked him in a text. He's like, yeah, why not? I'm like, really? You're going to come to my block party like Knott's Landing at Terrence? Party? I'm like, no way. <laughs> I figured, you know, last minute's going to come. He's like, oh, i got to get back to the gym. i got to do this. Uh, I'm flying out of a helicopter. And so him, and I, and I like to make little pair-ups. I've made pair-ups with different directors, different actors, and and work has come out of it for both of them in the past. I like the, I, I surprise people with like, and Michael Rooker here when uh, Antoine Fuqua showed up. They haven't worked together since like, they did some crazy action movie called, um, oh dang, my spacing on that one. It was uh, The Replacement Killers, you know. He's like, dude, Rooker, what the hell you been, you bastard. <laughs> so anyway, back to my dumb block party, I had uh, Garrett Dillahunt here 
to hang out and shoot with uh, Shamar Moore. And Garrett Dillahunt is unreal shooter. This guy is crazy natural talent. He blew his knee out, so he's recovering from like some surgeries, but he's, he's 90% recovered. But So they both come to the block party, and all the neighborhood women, everybody's there, and my neighbor, and I don't know any of my neighbors, but one neighbor named Kelso. That's it. <laughs> Kelso, hi. <laughs> so now it's all the whole neighborhood comes out, and wasn't a lot of people there at first, and then we started eating, and then they all started coming out, and now we got like 30 people there, and they were just really... He was so. They were both, both the actors took pictures with everybody. Big group picture. Super nice. To everybody. I'm like, that's how you gotta be, you know. Then when he went to leave, like a couple of girls, were like we we didn't get a picture with Shamar, and I'm like, oh, and I stopped him like three more times, which is annoying. He's trying to get going, but he was just nice as hell. And and, and pretty much every actor I've met here has been a really good person. I know people talk shit like, oh, you. you He's not, he's anti-gun, he's anti-everything, he's a Democrat. I don't care what they are. All I know is I'm showing them something different. I'm showing them guns in a different way that they really like. And whatever they are with their, you know, political views is not my problem. They're having fun doing what we all like as far as the shooting community is concerned. And I don't know if you want to say I'm converting them or I'm a zip recruiter or whatever, but... (laughs) They're they're getting into it and they enjoy it and they're making them better on screen. And people are like, well, he should they should announce that they're the NRA representative. Okay, and then they never work in Hollywood again. You know, good trade off. Yeah, that'll work. Now you don't got to be some total jackass like Liam Neeson, just like you know making a career on guns and trying to take them away at the same time. But these actors, a lot of them just have to shut their mouth and they can't say either way or prefer not to because there's certain people in Hollywood that will burn their career down or not give them work, basically. Yeah, for you sure. Know, unless you're at a level of Bruce Willis and you can't help it and you got to hire the guy, he's a legend, he could do what he wants, you know, But or Clint Eastwood. But until they're at that status, they can't just run around being super pro-gun because then some jerk's going to send them a video, whatever. It's very hypocritical. I mean, Hollywood is ridiculous. And I wish that some really rich Republican, and there's obviously some out there, I'm hoping, would buy a major studio and get rid of that whole attitude, you know? Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Are you looking to finish the latest thriller, such as The Girl on the Train, while you're at the gym or in the car? Well, now you can. For listeners of What Got You There podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check this out. Head over to www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there to choose from over 180,000 titles to select the book you want to hear next. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to dstld.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. 
inspired by the creative class, distilled as the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Who's been the most impressive person in Hollywood with a gun that you've worked with? Uh, it's Keanu Reeves. Hands down? He's just that much better? Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, the, the video he... work is just, it's incredible what he did. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's because he wanted it, you know, he wanted, he wanted to train to that level. He, cause he has this ethic he got with Chad Stahelski. Uh, and I'll tell you Chad's story really quick. Chad, what met him on the matrix, he was a stuntman. It was a crazy audition with the Wachowski brothers to find the most elite badass stuntman that looks like Keanu Reeves a little bit and went through a million guys down to like these last 30 guys and ended up being Chad who did some video where he just this crazy flipping kick thing. They hired him, and on the last day of filming The Matrix, in that scene where uh, Agent Smith and Keanu bounce up into the top of the subway and smash on the ground, the cables broke, and Chad hit the, the steel you know, rails of the cable car and broke all kinds of bones and hips and just got smashed. And he couldn't move for eight months. He was a wreck. But the directors respected him, Keanu respected him, and they brought him back as a stunt coordinator, you know, second unit guy for the next two matrixes and bumped his career to the next level with stratosphere. And he formed a really great friendship with Keanu. They're both really intelligent dudes. They're super fun and good guys. They just like each other. And, and ever since then they've worked together on projects and then, you know, the little John Wick movie came along and that was Chad, uh, first time directing, co-directing with David Leach, who just did atomic blonde. He's now directing uh, Deadpool two and David Leach and Chad are two stuntmen elitists who started a company years ago called 8711 out by LAX that is not just stunt people running around beating up on bags, but they're so above and beyond trying to be the best they can be at, at the action, the stunts, that the actors train with them all the time, and they're actually two directors now. I mean, Chad just did John Wick 2, John Wick 1 co-direct, now he's you're going to probably do John Wick 3. He's got other huge movies in his lap. And then you've got uh, David Leach, just did Atomic Blonde, um, co-directed John Wick 1. Now he's got Deadpool 2. That's obviously huge. So these two stuntmen are now major Hollywood directors. Over the years, they're like a cleanup crew. They're like the cleaner in, in you know, in uh, La Femme Nikita. They have some really shitty movie action, you know, some Marvel thing that's just got no action. They'll go, you know what? Because the director of that movie might be great with the acting, but he doesn't know anything about action. So they'll have Chad and David come in and J.J. Perry with their crew and add a whole sequence that's just unbelievable. And they'll, it's like putting really good frosting on a mediocre cake. And they'll save the movies. They've saved tons of Marvel movies and, and movies like that by coming in and, uh, you know, the movie's like partly done and go, we need, we need to fix this. We need to put some, we need a, we need a freaking adrenaline shot you know we need we need our steroids that's what they, they've been but they're so good at what they do that now they are they've become directors themselves you know 
What movies or shows that you watch you just think is just terrible with their gunplay? Um, over the years, there's been tons. I mean, 24, the original one, you know, of Jack Bauer had the cup and saucer. Um, if I want to name, like, the worst actor with guns I've ever seen and I've never met, would be Michael Madsen. Like, watch uh, watch Species. Like, <laughs> he does all this weird sideways shit, and his hands power down his arm. He does a load after reload after one shot in the elevator, dumps a fully loaded mag. Um, I know he goes into ranges and shoots. I'm running him down like a dick. I'll probably run into him someday and hope he's going to hear this radio show. But um, I, I recently, 24 Legacy, the, the star was, like, going nuts and blinking like crazy with the gun. Um, I mean, everything is better now. I mean, there are better trainers now. There, there are people are more aware um, to try to be, be better with the actors. You know, I mean, you go back to Pierce Brosnan had a really bad cup and saucer grip, and I was very blessed to finally get to meet him and, and fix that before he did, like, uh, uh, October Man or whatever that was called, or November Man or whatever that yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just had to do it. And he's such a nice guy. He's, he's uh, He took us all to dinner. He's just a real gentleman. He's amazing. And he's like, what, what's wrong, Margaret? I can't do his voice, but I tell you, stop the cup and saucer. Get rid of the cup and saucer. Always the cup and saucer. It's, it's for tea and sympathy. Anyway. Um, Who, who's someone you want to work with, dead or alive, that you, you would just dying to work with? Uh, I would love to meet Clint Eastwood. Obviously, wouldn't be training for a movie. He doesn't, you know. I would love to meet Clint Eastwood. I love Burt Reynolds. I know he's in bad shape. Uh, Marlon Brando, I would have loved to have met. Um, right now, alive, um, geez, um, Bruce Willis. I'd love, to, I'd love to work with Bruce Willis. Uh, Stallone and Arnold, of course, because I do their voices you know, better than they do. You, know? you do an Arnold. Yo, what are you doing over there? You, you don't work with me. I got like everybody trying to come out there. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to get out there before you, you idiot. I know 10 years ago that James Cameron is going to bring me out there. Then my mom died and I didn't come out there. They, they set me up. Yeah, yeah, I'll get out there before you, you bastard. Shut up, idiot, you asshole. They put me in another one of the expandables over there. Yeah, yeah, I'll put you in there. You put me in something already, you jerk. Anyway. <laughs> Man, you are great at impersonations. I'm loving this. <laughs> no, I'd love to meet those two because I could do them. Like even James Cameron goes, you do the best Arnold I've ever heard. And to have him tell me that, who made Arnold's career, you know, and uh, and uh, I'm working on some new movies right now that are pretty epic. I don't want to even risk uh, ruining them, but like some really killer dreams are coming true with some, some movies I'm working on right now. So Yeah, I know there's a lot you can't talk about. Who, what are some other uh, celebrities you work with you are able to talk about? Um, one actor that was, that was just incredible, natural, um, uh, is um, Michael B. Jordan. He played in Creed. He's in Black Panther. Uh, just a natural, just comes to him like nothing. Uh, incredible, guy's in incredible shape. That obviously helps. Um, there's, uh, another, there's, there's a bunch of different actors. Um, uh, Max Martini's pretty good. Um, just working with Bass Rutten recently. Bass Rutten's a UFC legend. He's on a funny show called Kevin Can Wait. Um, he shot really well. He's cool. I got to meet someone that I really love to come out here. I invited him. He's supposed to come soon. Chuck Liddell, you know, I'm a big UFC fan and, I finally got to meet Chuck Liddell. That was that was, it was at my friend Nikki Gray's birthday party. She kind of knows everybody. I'm like sitting across from Chuck Liddell, like I'm fanboying over. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Like, <laughs> of all the fighters, you know, like like there's great fighters now. There's guys that have, I guess, passed his career or whatever. But his era, whether it has the most wins or not, is the best era of the UFC. You know, and uh, and to sit there and talk with him about 
who's going to win the McGregor fight, you know, with uh, Mayweather. That was like a real kind of like, is this really happening? I'm sitting here at dinner talking to Chuck Liddell about the fight coming up. <laughs> it's, it's pretty What's cool. your take on the fight? I mean, uh, his or mine? Yours, and then let's hear his well, next. I, mean, I want McGregor to win. I mean, Mayweather's a punk. Um, uh, there's a really funny video out there where where uh, McGregor's just shredding him on stage in front of a million people and and just he Mayweather tried to like, you know, out punk him and, you know, out talk him and just it was embarrassing. It just there was no way and you know, the everybody thinks, you know, that he's just gonna avoid him and annoy him and outpoint him and just win that way and that's probably what's gonna happen. But, you know, Chuck and some of the other fighters I've talked to, like Bass Rutten, think there's this this is a good chance possibly that he could dirty box and annoy the crap out of him and he has a tiny head. Look at a picture of of uh, Mayweather's head next to McGregor's, it's twice as big as as Mayweather's head. Yeah, McGregor's and he makes a so joke much like, bigger. Oh, your little tiny head! I'll knock it off you. Your little, you got a little tiny brain in there, you know. So <laughs> yeah, we might have to get um, that video linked up. That that video was hilarious in that ring. <laughs> yeah. So my story's all over the place. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But uh, but good actor shooters. There's a there's a lot. I mean, I'm training one right now. Um, uh, I can't talk about it until the movie comes out, but I was like, dude, this guy's British. Oh, I know another good one. I, I work with um, another Brit, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, he's in a movie called The Wall, and he's British, and how they had never shot the clean slate, and I've got to fix a bunch of bad habits. Total natural, really good, you know, and uh, there's, there's been there's been a bunch. You know, there's been some that, like, probably the, I don't want to diss anybody. But there's well, one who's, who's the most entertaining? Who's going to come out to your place for a day? Who do you want to spend the most time with? Probably Michael Rooker is always the most entertaining. He's such a, a lunatic, and he's funny. He's, he's, he's really accurate. Like, he might not be blazing all the time like some of the other guys, but he's, I got a funny video on YouTube out there. He's putting Michael Rooker, like, zombie headshot 70 yards or whatever. And he's nailing this, you know, with a 45 Colt, you know, custom 1911 he's got that's engraved, hitting little headshots at 75 yards with a handgun. You know, he's just, he's, it isn't like an accident. He does it fairly regular. He'll miss here and there, but he's super accurate, you know. And he's just a funny guy. He goes to the shot show every year. He's not afraid to go to the shot show. And he's, uh, Michael Rooker was in The Walking Dead. He just did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. He's the Yondu guy with the blue face and throws that little, dagger thing around and wipes everybody out so we've been friends for a long time he's just really funny he's a great guy and then i mean your business taron tactical innovations i think you said started in 2011 you guys have doubled every year since i mean how does that even happen um i had a mindset like i had been with other companies i saw how they did business and i did like an episode of seinfeld when uh george just stopped getting tuna on toast and ordered the whole wheat on rye or whatever I said, I'm going to do everything the opposite of what these guys do, and I'll be successful. <laughs> Are you a Seinfeld fan? Uh, yeah, I love Seinfeld. I just saw Jerry <laughs> live the other night. Oh, my gosh. Just seeing a master oh, really? at his craft. It was, it was unbelievable. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he's great. Um, not trying to diss anybody. These companies are successful at doing good. They have killer products. Um, but I thought, when I'm going to do my thing, you know, what I have the other companies don't have is I have me. I've won a lot of stuff. I know what works, what shoots well, what doesn't. And... Years ago, I have to thank them because they saw more in, in me than I did. And these other companies that I worked with in the past, yeah, you know, things part of ways. The money wasn't what we thought it would be, and everything invested everywhere and all this drama. But they, you know, they came and they saw, like, the things I was doing with guns, and I was just doing it for me and a few friends locally, that that could be a marketed, 
you know, item. And, and we did it. And now I'm doing it my way and, and, uh, you know, my ideas and my stuff. And it's working really well. And, and I'm, you know, obviously I saturated the competition world right away. I'm good friends with the best shooters out there. And I know what they want and they love the way I build a gun. And then now I make it harder for me to win because I'm not shooting against my guns, the hands of a guy that's insane. So, um, you know, having like Daniel Horner out there running our equipment and Keith Garcia and Ashley Rourke and Nils Jonathan and Robert Bogle and Corinne Mosier and just on down the line, uh, you know, uh, Brian Nelson, it's just a lot. I've basically got the best shooting team in the universe. You, you can't touch them. They're, I could cut them in half. They'd still be two of the best shooting teams in the world. And, and yeah, I'm not in, I'm in the competition market more than the tactical world. Um, but you know, we have guys that use our stuff in the tactical world and we're in that world too. And, you know, we got a lot of different groups, the military groups, law enforcement use our equipment, uh, guys in uh, New Mexico, they keep sending me videos and pictures of our rifle used to stop a hostage situation, things like that. So, you know, uh, it's all doing well. The Hollywood thing has been a huge advantage we have over your typical gun company, uh, to be able to have our stuff put in major motion pictures like Fast and Furious and John Wick and other things like that has has helped us a lot, you know. So, if you could be the star in any role, what movie would it be? A movie already made, or yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you've got a great Starface. set. Of, you got a great head of hair, so I feel like the Hollywood route could still work out for you. Yeah, I gotta get in shape. I'm just too wiped out and lazy all day long. I'm not lazy, <laughs> but tired. I, I just I run ragged. Like every minute, somebody's got to get something done or shipped or done. We're doing stuff for some special forces guys now they want our glocks done and things like that so it's exciting to to do that also and you know uh, no excuses I, I i i have all kind of opportunities like that come my way and and um i don't pursue them because i'm not happy that i'm not in the shape that i should be in and all that you know but we'll see what the future holds and i care more about helping other people um get in there i've got uh, a few girls that i'm helping in hollywood jade struck has got crazy natural talent. She's really funny, a great character. And she's working at 8711 doing stunts and stuff like that a couple times a week. And they've taken her under a wing. And, um, and I just like getting my guns in the movies. That's what I, that's the legacy that I want to have, but you never know. I mean, fun stuff. I'm doing a reality show next week. I can't talk about, but that'll be fun. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all really good stuff. Just getting to know these people, um, there's a lot of good people. Maybe they're not all Republicans or whatever, but they're still a good person, you know, regardless. That's awesome. Well, you got a bunch lined up, so we really appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, how can my listeners stay connected with you? Um, uh, just, uh, Taryn Tactical on Facebook, Taryn Tactical on Instagram, uh, our website, uh, we're easy to find, you know, uh, go to YouTube, put in Taryn Tactical, watch our crazy videos. We have tutorial videos on how to shoot things like that we also have a lot of like just fun videos celebrity videos um people like them i get more and more people in matches that's like oh i love the last one and we're getting a lot better at editing and putting funner stuff in there and you know uh so just a lot of good stuff i like having a little influence in in movies and giving ideas for some action stuff and things like that i've been blessed to be able to be part of that too with the guys i've been working with yeah, no, keep that content coming. I've been absolutely loving it. So we'll be sure to get all that linked up in the show notes uh, so the listeners can watch some of those videos and check out what you've got going on. But Taryn, thanks again for joining us on What Got You There. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll do it again sometime. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, 
What got you there? What got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.